0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week we have another special twofer for you. We're talking to jazz legend Les McCann, and then we're talking to original Guess Who drummer Gary Peterson. I'll tell you about Gary when we get there. So, first up, let me paint a picture for you, okay? It's uh, the 60s. There are, you know, civil rights issues and riots and everything happening everywhere. Black people are being seen as secondhand citizens as we know. But jazz has given so many creative black musical geniuses an outlet to express themselves. And thankfully that has become a real lifeline. So Les so Les throughout the 60s has the Les McCann trio and they begin touring and they tour through Europe especially because Europe was way more open-minded to this kind of stuff than Americans were. And in 1969, Les McCann and Eddie Harris perform at the Montreux Jazz Festival. This song right here, compared to what? It is probably my favorite performance ever recorded and put on YouTube. That You gotta go on there and watch this entire thing if you haven't already. It really makes me emotional to see artists like this at the top of their game, performing an incredible song like that to a captive audience at a time in our history like that. The album that came from this exp- from this performance is called Swiss Movement and it became a huge success. It really kind of catapulted Les and Eddie, Eddie is no longer with us, Les into kind of the, the big leagues of the jazz world. I became obsessed with this when I discovered this video about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and uh, had to know more about Les and Eddie. Had to know more about where the song came from. It was a cover. It's not an original. Um, in fact, The Roots and John Legend did a covers album about 10 years ago. And this was included on it. But I like Les's version way better. Anyway, this song really speaks to me. And I always thought, wouldn't it be amazing to even get to talk to Les McCann for just a few minutes about his career? Well, it happened. This weekend on Record Store Day, they're releasing a box set uh three vinyl three records called never a dull moment live from coast to coast 66 and 67. and it is all les mccann and his trio performing songs like this although without vocals throughout america and it's got a book with it that includes a lot of like testimonials from people like quincy jones this thing is gorgeous and I got to talk to Les McCann for a few minutes, and it's blo- it blew my mind. Now, Les is 88 years old. I-, I will, a little bit of trivia for later. I think that makes him the second oldest person we've featured on the show at time of recording. Think about who the oldest is, and I'll get back to, the, to that at the end of this interview. So I was told he only had about 15 to 20 minutes. and uh, And unfortunately, the first couple of minutes of our conversation was too garbled to even use. So I, I start, you start hearing it from when the audio improves. But I got to talk to him for a few minutes. He uh, doesn't remember all the details about this record, but that's understandable because it was so, so, so long ago. But we get to talk a little bit and just hear from the master, Les McCann. He's there with his manager, longtime manager, Alan Abrahams. So it's not a lot, but I wanted to document this short conversation for history because it meant so much to me. So check out Les McCann, any era of Les McCann. If you are a jazz aficionado this week and you collect vinyl this weekend when you're shopping on record store day, look out for never a dull moment. Um, If nothing else, Go listen to compared or go pull up the video actually of compared to what this song on YouTube sometime and prepare to be blown away. I love this man. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And I think he called me from LA, but who cares? It's Les McCann. You were not performing on this particular tour of 66 and 67 with your normal Herb, uh, Les McCann trio guys,
1: correct? Well, that was my, one of my early sh- traveling groups. I was still searching and finding my way. So uh, I was different, different guys and people who wanted to travel and, uh, it was one of my earliest trips on the road. Mm. You know, and I'd I, never been to Seattle before. So that was yeah. going back in the beginning days, you know. Sure, sure. And, uh, even, I, I, even when I looked, read the notes on it, what I see here, and I saw, uh, I think I saw the name, Stanley Gilbert on there. Well, oh, he yeah. wasn't one of my favorite bass players, so I don't even, I think he's the one that recorded these things. Oh, okay. He, he, went, to, he went to live in Japan and became a producer there, and he was going around, but, I don't even remember him working with me but I guess he was. Huh. I remember interesting I remember being in the studio with him but it wasn't in Seattle. Huh.
0: Why do you think um now I know this never dull moment was recorded on a tour of the US but whenever I think about the real hot spots for jazz and bop and hard bop from that era, I usually think of Europe. Like Switzerland or places like that. Why do you think Paris and and Switzerland? Why do you think these places took to jazz so strongly
1: back then? Because that's what was on the market. Really, that's what was out of something they had never heard before. But I was traveling to Europe then. Yet it was years after that when I finally went to Europe. Uh. I had only a trio, Leroy Benninger and Ron Jefferson. And yeah. I was the opening act for Count Basie and Ray Charles. Wow. And the, the promoter said, get out there and do 15 minutes and get off. <laughs> I said, okay, 15 minutes. I said, one of my songs is 15 minutes. <laughs> he said, well, play it and get off. And yeah. we were on the beach. We was on the beach, and, and it was in high in France, south of France. We went on, and they would not let us off stage. That's they wild. It went, went on for two hours. Oh! And when I walked out, when I walked off stage, Count Basie and Ray Charles were waiting for me, and they both put their arms around me and said, "You're the greatest act we have ever had to follow."
0: Whoa! It, I thought they'd it, be
1: mad! Well, no, feet we, with jazz musicians are lovers. Uh, they don't get angry. Good. And, uh, he, he, uh, they, uh, the very next day in all the papers, not only the papers, but they, uh, came out with unbelievably fantastic, uh, what do you call those things? Posters.
2: Yeah. Oh. And
1: all said, revolution to jazz. Wow. wow! And yeah. they they thought because of my name, my name L E S in French that means Z. Yeah. So they thought they were talking the about the McCanns, and we were a dance group. <laughs> <laughs> so, and when they heard the music, the only way they got us off stage, they brought on stage fifteen young girls in bikinis.
0: <laughs> That'll work. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: One of my yeah. favorite tracks on Never a Dull Moment is The Shampoo. And I'm I'm wondering if that's a song you performed all the time on tours for years or if that was a unique moment for that song. What do you remember about recording The Shampoo?
1: I don't remember shit. Oh,
0: really? No.
1: <laughs> I was raised in Kentucky. And everything in Kentucky as far as the church is gospel music. And that was my attempt to be the gospel. And that was a reasons everybody came to see me all young people all all the 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 before college group you know Mm -hmm. and uh i worked at five coffee houses in in l.a at the same time you know but once i got to the number one coffee house my career opened up that's great
0: Also, there's a beautiful version of going out of my head. Again, was that a standard that you performed regularly, or was it a hot... I think it might have been fairly new at the time. Do
1: you remember that one? I remember shit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) If I may make an editorial comment. uh, Sure. uh, When he used to introduce that song, he said, this is to everybody that takes
1: LSD. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to think I was funny back in the day, you know. You are funny, Les. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not that's sure. great. So yeah, let me I ask guess. you
0: this: let me ask you about when I think of jazz, I think of jazz as being a sort of conversation. Performing jazz, in fact, I almost think of it as like a really intimate moment. It's like the foreplay and the act all in one. And so I when could. you're rec- yeah, when you're recording with people like Herbie Lewis and Ron Jefferson and stuff, if it's the first time you're performing with someone, do you get a feeling right away whether everyone's going to be vibe vibing as you're playing? Or how
1: do you feel that out? Well, first of all, I want to say, when you talk about it like that, it becomes intellectual. It's not mm. about that. It, mm. it, it has nothing to do with the intellect. Church is about love and feelings. True. Church is about uh, loving yourself and feelings, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's nothing to do with hand trips let you all drugs, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but back then, all I did was play the three thumbs that I know and try to add <laughs> in other things that I heard. And uh, thank God I had young people with me. Uh-huh. But back in the back in the day when I worked in coffee houses, I used to wear guns, and people would come to the out and outdraw me as well.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Jeez. Yeah. How um what is the thing you miss most about that period of your career? Nothing.
1: Nothing, really. I don't I don't live in the past. Ha <laughs> ha.
0: That's a good. That, was, that's a
1: good that was then, and now is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're about to turn 88 years old, correct?
1: No, I'm already 88. Oh, are you September to to 23rd? Oh, and okay. When people ask me how old I am, I say piano, <laughs> <laughs> and they say, "What do you mean?" I did not have any keys on the piano. <laughs> That's perfect. That's yeah, perfect. That's last. Yeah. Good one. I'm curious, Les, how,
0: if you approached jazz and the music you made any differently in like the 80s or 90s or even the late 70s as styles and pop music and disco and things were starting to kind of be- take over and become more popular. It
1: doesn't do with none of that. It's not, I just heard songs that I wanted to play. I was making up my own songs, and that's all it was. It's not, yeah. you know, I just, if I heard a song I liked nine out of ten times, I knew I could play it. I was still learning how to play the piano. Right. I was a kid. I was a, without a kid, but I was, a, you know, a, what do you call yeah. it? Yeah, I was. I was I was breaking my shit, getting in, you know. So yes. you know, uh I wasn't confident in those days, but I was open eyed, you know. Yeah. I want I wanna see where I can go. I'll tell you the best story of all, okay? Please. Yes. What what broke the ice for me was I met a guy and his name was Frank Zappa.
0: <laughs>
1: and he invited me to a party. And uh, I'd already been trying to do some things at home, in my own studio, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, he said, uh, "Come to my party." And I guess to the party, and it's in a gym, and there's uh, three hundred people invited. And everybody that walked in, he gave them an instrument and greeted them. And what I heard in that in that moment. Was exactly what I heard when I was a kid. When I go to, with my grandmother, to my church on my street, the late night Sunday, only women, uh, only, not only, but it was mostly the grandmothers and, uh, and the older folk, and they would just start telling a story about their day, their week. And it's been a hard time, so much. And everybody would join in. Well, the harmonies were unbelievable. A lot right. of people thought they were all out of tune with each other, but I thought it was beautiful. And that was the most inspirational thing I've ever heard. It was the closest thing to a symphony orchestra I've ever. Heard. I love that.
0: I love yeah. that story. Yes.
3: If I may just interject here, uh what he's talking about is called metered music. That where somebody says something, I woke up this morning, and then everyone—it doesn't matter. They don't, They all choose different notes, and it is an oral tradition in the Black Church that oh. is not really known At unless fact, you were there to experience.
1: it. And I was a kid. It just, uh, nobody's directing it. Nobody is uh, conducting it. i not. It just—you start, and everybody's in their own key, and no one. What? Nobody hits a note. This is in the T of G. No, no. You just say. And you got your feelings out. Amen. You were oh. able to go home and go to sleep. Amen. You know? That sounds like life changing. So inspirational. Week was. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. That sounds
0: so inspirational.
1: Well, life is inspirational if you yeah. let it. You know?
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Les, thank you for chatting with me. It, it is a gigantic honor. I I saw a video, I don't know, 10 years ago on the internet of you doing Compared to What with Eddie, and it changed my life. And I've been a fan of yours and jazz music and everything ever since. And so uh, you're royalty to me. Thank you for chatting with me.
1: Well, thank you very much. And get ready because there's more coming.
0: Good. Oh, I can't wait.
3: They because, there's, because there's never a dull moment. moment.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's the addictive to
1: there's never a dull moment? Uh, and y'all ain't gonna believe this shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so with with that said, John, thank you so much. All right, there you have it.
0: The great Les McCann. As I said, I only got him for a few minutes, um, but it's recorded <laughs> Forever, And I can say I did it. And I hope you guys heard some things that you like. He is a legend. And he means a great deal to me. Now, real quick. Who out there can tell me who the oldest person is we've ever had on the podcast? Um, This person, as far as I know, is still alive, by the way. If you can tell me who it is, either message me, email email us, direct message us on Twitter, whatever. I will send you a hustle t-shirt. OK, if anyone out there can tell me who the oldest person is we've ever had on the podcast, uh, I will send you a hustle T-shirt. And let's let's try and do this like in the next week or two. OK, anyway, thank you, Les. And thank you, Alan. Now we're going to talk to original Guess Who drummer Gary Patterson. Patter- so, I mean, everyone knows the Guess Who had so many hits back in the 70s. Tons of them. They were one of the biggest rock bands in Canadian history. Well, though most of those songs were were written by Burton Cumming and Randy Bachman, and those guys eventually left. Gary has stuck around as an original member and still is out there touring with the band that is now known as The Guess Who. They actually put out a new album earlier this year called Plen de More, and you're not going to believe this. This album sounds just like something Jellyfish would have recorded in the 90s. I know that doesn't make sense, the Guess Who and Jellyfish, but that's exactly what this sounds like. You hear several clips of the album in this interview, you'll be knocked out. Now, this is kind of the reverse story of what we heard from Graham Goebbel a few weeks ago of Little River Band. Gary is the one member still in the band with a bunch of other new people. Now, Randy and, and uh, Burton have an issue with this, and that's a whole different story we can get into another time. But Gary is still out there carrying the name. And so we talk about what that's like for them. We talk about this new direction. Most of the members of this band have passed through Sass Jordan's band. If you know who she is, a very prominent Canadian singer-songwriter. He explains why in here in just a minute. We talk about the new direction. We talk about the old times, the good old times. We talk about the status of of everyone's relationship today. It's tricky. But I thought this album was so interesting that it was worth having a conversation about and i want to hear what everyone thinks about this album after you've listened to it okay anyway gary's a super super sweet man he called me from his home in florida
4: yeah i have fond memories of uh, colorado in my younger days as a much younger man i was skiing the back bowls at bale
0: really yeah are you still a skier i can't a drummer
4: oh (laughs) that's true yeah. A drummer who's 78 years old and needs <laughs> all four limbs for playing. I don't know what I was thinking about speaking <laughs> then when I was about 20, 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah. In
0: Spain. Oh, man. Did you ever get to play Red Rocks?
4: Yes. Yeah. We did the reunion tour the last, the really last, uh, I think about 2002 or. Somewhere in that, we were we were on tour. Joe Cocker was opening for us. Oh, he! You know,
0: I saw him open for. Can't remember if it was Tom Petty or the Moody Blues, one or the other. But he lived out in the country in Colorado, yeah. Western yeah. Colorado, yeah. before he passed yeah. away. And so he would be the opener for
4: a lot of classic bands like yours. Well, he did the whole he did the whole reunion tour with us? Oh, did he? We, okay, we, we, was, was was curtailed uh really by covid by the, the the
1: 9-11
4: yeah yeah we were in new york city 9-11 we really? were staying you were there yeah I. we saw we oh were there God. and woke up to that we were at the marriott Marquis hotel in in times square so yeah we were oh. there oh my gosh my wife
0: um like i said i live in denver now uh, she was living and working in New York at that time too, so she wasn't right at Ground Zero, but she was, you know, on her way into work and getting, you know, diverted because of everything that was going on and stuff like yeah, that. Our
4: road manager blew me out of bed, at, my wife and I we were we had just uh, done a thing the night before mm-hmm. uh, with Les Paul at the Iridium really? Club. Band sat in with him um, that night. Wasn't that went, his
0: thing? Like every week or every month or something? Stuff,
4: he yeah. Every Day he played there. So and uh, and it was a rainy, rainy day that night and a really humid hot. And the next day we woke up, the world had changed. Sure had. Sure had. Wow. Um, okay, so let me give you a quick
0: introduction. I've been doing this podcast for over eight years now, and we've I've done hundreds of interviews with my favorite artist. Thankfully, we've amassed you know a million listeners along the way. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I, yeah. um, I don't. I know there's a little bit of drama in the Guess Who story. I'm not really this kind of an interviewer, but if I ask something, that's anything you simple, want, there's nothing that's forbidden. Okay, okay. Nothing, I um, no. I I just wanted to let you know that if I did touch on something, you're welcome to not answer no, or say move on to, and we'll skip it.
4: I have you know the history of the band is the history of the band. And you may find different stories from different members. Sure. But I've been there. I'm the only guy that's played in every version of the band. That's right. And I never did drugs, and I never did alcohol. So my faculties are quite well attuned to what really happened. Good. So if you want the real story, you're now at the source. Good. That's great. So, okay, let's
0: first talk about this new album, because to more. I don't even know. First of all, it it's otherworldly. It doesn't sound anything like what the Guess Who has done before. Younger guys like me. Well, right? let me stop, let me stop
4: you right there, and, okay. and we can right now because all we get on online is, well, it's not the Guess Who. It doesn't sound like if the four guys who are still alive were playing today, they wouldn't sound like the Guess Who. That's when they were. 21 years old. So come on, everybody. That's get true. with it. I That's mean, a true. musician listens to music 24-7-365. You're influenced by everything you listen to. Yeah. So when you listen to our new album, you're listening to guys that that are in their 50s, 60s, and me in my 70s, almost 80s. Yeah. And we have that vast backup of, of material that we've listened to. And that's reflected in that album that you're listening to today. I
0: love it. And it. I don't even know if you'll get this reference, Gary. It reminds me of a band called Jellyfish. Yes. I don't know if you, you know who Jellyfish I just,
4: is. I, I just listen to, the, to their albums all the time. I just listened to them two days ago. I was sitting in my lanai in Florida uh, out at the pool. Uh-huh. And I got a system that goes through the whole house and outside and everything. And so I just popped up my phone and I said, ah, Jellyfish, let me, look. I want to listen to this, right? Yeah, we, we're, we're, we listen to them. We listen to the Stones. We listen to the Beatles. We yeah. listen to Queen. Yes. All of those, all of those influences come out because you love those bands. Yeah. And, and you know, flat, uh, flattery is is imitated you know (laughs) know, imitation Imitation is the finest form form of flattery or whatever it is yeah yeah Yeah. so so yeah you're going to hear that in in a lot of people's work um we've been listening a long time yeah so um this album i i'm i'm quite i'm so happy that at my age i'm i'm 78 now that I'm still touring and able to play on an album and do video I and we I never got to do videos before. I'm not I'm not great at videos because I'm safe behind my drums. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> yeah. I'm no actor. So uh, <laughs> That's crazy. but it, it, it's all fun. I mean, the video from the king was done yeah. in the the backyard of the studio. It's in a little house uh, north of Toronto.
5: The king sits all alone with his head down on the throne and he's crying the court had stood him up until they've had
4: In between cuts, we grabbed a bunch of props and stuff and went out in the yard and we acted stupid. <laughs> 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 and then we went back to record the next cut, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so it was, it's a, it's a very generic album. And by that, I mean, we recorded it kind of like we did in the old days where we'd go to the studio. We spent 10 days there, you know, traveling from our hotel back yes. and forth to the studio. We ate our dinners at the studio. Uh Derek's wife Sass Jordan and, and her daughter uh, were. Oh, prepared. Derek's married to Sass Jordan. That's right. Yeah. I get it and, now. And okay. He, he does a little cameo on that on that album if you can pick it out.
0: I well now I know that I saw that all, a lot of the band members had passed through Sass Jordan's career. But I thought, yes. well, of course, they're all Canadian, of course. But now I understand. So, okay, I'm going to go back and
4: listen well, but, and see if I can spot the Sass Jordan. But, but Sass has been a great I mean, bands change. Sure. Um, you know, uh, Sticks stole Will, Will Ivankovich from us, mm-hmm. who was instrumental in our last album. You know, uh, uh, Michael Devon was on this album on bass. The Dead Daisy stole him uh, <laughs> right after we did the album. So, Things are very fluid now, but the, the, the main guys, Jer- Derek and I and, and Michael Sterto, who's mm-hmm. formerly played with Lou Graham guitar, yeah. we're kind of the, the, the core of the band now mm-hmm. and that core will remain together and we're already working on a new album. Really? Is it yes. going to
0: be sort of along these lines? Because I just feel like this is such an adventurous album for you.
4: Yes, it, it's going to be, it, again, it's, it's reflective of uh-huh. what we're listening to and what, what, what turns us on as musicians. And so, yeah, I, I believe it will be very, very much in the same lines. And I think this, this we're not from the video generation. We're a radio right. old. Radio. However, we have now one foot in the new world. And what we're doing with this album is we've been releasing uh, a single every eight weeks off the album, there's eight mm-hmm. cuts on the album, but we're also releasing a video with it. So oh, by the each one has a finished, video too. Okay. Yeah. By the time we're finished, there will be eight videos from that album. So people. Yeah. And, and, and I believe, I think with the next album, we'll do the same thing. And you know, they're not lavishly produced. They're, they're like young uh-huh. kids sure. doing their, doing their own video. However, we do we do have a great videographer, George in uh, uh, in Fort Wayne, okay. uh, in Indiana, and he did uh, the the video "Haunted" from the last album. Oh, okay. Yesterday, I think it was nothing.
5: Another was going on all at once I was crying couldn't help myself was feeling down it ain't easy so you could stop this It's still inside the times when I walk.
4: so we've 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 kind of got a a nice little knit unit that we're working and and i think that's that's it's hard to know how to get your music out there today
2: it's impossible especially
4: for older band there's so much Mm -hmm. and the people's uh attention span they listen to five Uh, five bars of the song Mm -hmm. and then they move on right yeah yeah maybe if we had a video they would might watch the whole thing you know kind of kind of deal so this is a whole uh, an exciting I must say we're all very excited because it's like a rebirth in many many ways musically and also marketing wise what do you do with an old band like ours
0: it's interesting uh you're kind of explaining something that I was really curious about you talking about the fluidity of a band today and um, the business just isn't set up that it, like it used to be, it harkens back to what you were saying about. I'm realizing that there doesn't need to be, you don't, this fluid band that comes in and out, these people don't need to come in necessarily and sound like what you think of when you think of the guest who you can sit, you can bring your influences and make it fluid. And maybe, like the last album, sounds more traditionally, guess who, I guess, than this one does. But that's all part of the fluidity. The right. members are that, kind of coming in had, and out. Influences are coming in and out. Sounds yeah, are changing. That
4: had, that had Will's influence because Will Ivankovich who went to Sticks, he also co-wrote and produced their new album, The, yeah. the Mission. So um, good. So yeah, he, good. Mm -hmm. so they stole him so our (laughs) our band is being piloted now really by derek sharp and and michael michael sterto will be a a a large part of that as well um a guitar player again uh uh, singer you Uh know and and so and great 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 person good we have we have great people in our band i mean i i every time I'm off the road, I can't wait to get back on the road to, to see them all. Cause we all live in different cities. I bet. Let me ask yeah. you
0: this, Gary, this might be a pointed question, but you said everything was, was off limit. Nothing was off limits. Let's nope. say you're getting to be up there. Let's say you decide to retire or pass away or something like that. Do the rest of these guys continue
4: on as the guess who they will really, I would, I would encourage that. I mean, I can't, you can't force someone to do it. Sure. I think I think with Derek, I, I, again let's let's look at the situation. We had two awfully great uh talents in the original band, Randy Bachman and, and Burton Cummings, mm-hmm. And they saw fit to move on with their careers. They they didn't stay in the band. There were two opportunities, two reunions, one in the mid eighties and one through uh nine eleven. Uh, from 1999 to, to 2003, which was the last time the real band was together—the original band. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not here. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that says, but you have to ask yourself why mm-hmm. they're not here. And I, I would say it's probably because they want to do something else. Yeah. They don't want to guess who. I spent my whole life, 62 years in this band. I want to be in the Guess Who. I want there to be a Guess Who. Right. I, want to, I want to honor the music and the talent that Randy and Burton had and, and Kurt Widow or Greg Leske, uh Bill Wallace, uh, Dominique Troiano. I mean, there's a, a list as long as my arm. Mm-hmm. And now there's the current band's list of guys that are coming and going. Mm-hmm. However, I'm still there. I'm, the, I'm yeah. like the common thread that runs through all of this.
0: Yeah. You are. That's why I thought it was important that I asked that question because mm-hmm. I wonder when you aren't there to anchor the legacy of this great band. Do the guys take the name and just continue on, or do they start something different or call it
4: something different? Well, I, I hope I hope I mean I I'm not planning anything. Yeah. But God plan for me. So so as as of right now, I mean, other than I know people are sometimes I'm not there. And that's because at my age, I need to get cataract surgery. I need to uh-huh. have my shoulder worked on. You know, I've uh-huh. got I've got two shoulders that have been uh, worked on. I've got artificial knees and a hip, and I'm a drummer, right? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so I, I I sometimes things happen where I can't go on the road, and I've been having uh, um, some some drummer substitute for me. Okay. But it's not because I'm I'm not in the band. It's because In order to still be in the band, I have to get things looked after so I can come back. Yeah.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I wanted to ask you about some of the songs on the Plendemore album because I really my favorite I think is Pursuit of No Regret. By the way derek can just sing the hell out of this stuff his voice is incredible well he and he writes it all
4: he is it mostly all... his writing too yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's really right he writes all the background vocal parts he mm. creates them which are quite complicated you know and but but really now the band has progressed to the point where we have like four lead singers really okay i wondered so, I wondered about that so, so that that means that you can write parts like that and do that and mm-hmm. and he I mean some of the demos he presents to us you know could be records by themselves true and he's <laughs> and he's done them all himself yeah so he got this I I, I don't know I, I I have a picture of him having this he has this movie in his head of the song mm-hmm and that's how he sees it and hears it, and he's he's a great great guitar player, great piano. He plays piano and sings mm-hmm. as well. Um, he's kind of the driving force right now. I can and, tell. And now with, and that's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. because then you you're all going you're going in a, in a, a a one direction. Mm-hmm. I think now I would like to see the guys that are gonna stay around for a while, mm-hmm. add their mm-hmm. uh part to it, you know, and, and see what will happen with that. Yeah. So yeah, um like I said, we're we're working on putting the material together for, for the next one. I wonder not- if
0: this next album will be uh more diplomatic, like or democratic, like you were saying, everyone's sort of inputting. I, or if this is sort of like Derek's got a vision if, right now. If, we'll follow Derek- him.
4: Right now, and and uh, and you know, uh, I, I do believe he writes with Sass. Uh, mm-hmm. a, some some of the words and, and lyrics, Sass is, is a great uh, wordsmith. She is, yeah. and and so and and also a great source of many of the people that we've gotten in the band have come through her mm-hmm. and her her musical experience in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Derek's they, got, a lot, of, Derek's got he, a lot of songs. He's you got tell. a lot of... Yeah. You can tell. Yeah.
0: Um, there's another song on the album, Headline, that reminds me so much of Crosby, Stills, and Nash's Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. the entire thing but there's those points with the guitar where it takes that same pause yes. that Sweet Judy Blue Eyes does
4: again it's it's influenced by things we I mean I would like to have played on that you know uh-huh. that so yes. it's like the only way you can do that is write your own <laughs> you, know, you write your own you want, you, want, you want to be in Queen you write uh, uh-huh. uh, King right Or the jellyfish, you know. (laughs) So, so, and it's all great music, and it's 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 um it's again imitation Mm -hmm. of of a great great or great bands. You'll hear a (laughs) lot of. uh, I listen to our cuts when I get the demos that we're going to record, and I go, "Man, that reminds me of the Beatles or Mm -hmm. Paul McCartney." Yeah. Why would you not want (laughs) a sound? best. I mean it's but it, it, it it's us. It's yes. really us. it's As true. You, said, you you felt it was new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you go back now and after talking to me you're gonna to listen to parts that you're gonna go, Oh yeah. Totally. You know very yeah. much so. Um and I wonder uh, you know no, no, it's so much
0: fun. I really the I've listened to it half a dozen times now, probably to get ready to talk to you, and I just love it. Um I wanted to ask you, you mentioned about songwriting. That's not really your
4: thing, but I No, I'm I'm an interpreter of songs. Yes. However, you have a really good ear and I think Derek leans on me a lot of times. I've been I've been listening, some of the songs that we're even gonna do on this album, I've been listening to for fifteen years. Really? Yes. Really? so i miss
0: really, planned a more album or the new one no no, no the, the next one.
4: one. Oh wow okay yeah, yeah huh. he's got he's got a lot of greats i like for instance across the line which is the first ballad after the king
0: yes love incredible it. incredible
4: ballad
5: yes is the moon in your sky sleeping while tonight the sun take a break yesterday i'm trying hard just to find the words i want to say i'm in need
4: That was, he's been in the band almost 18 years, longest singer ever. Mm-hmm. He submitted that song as his song to, for us to decide whether he'd be in. Them. when I heard that song and I heard he produced it, he sang on it, he did everything. I said, oh, my God, this guy's got to be in the band. Yeah. No question. Because I, yeah. I have an ear for, and, and, but. At the time he entered the band, we didn't have the players to execute that song. So we, we couldn't record it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you he, can do that now. He, yeah. And when he recorded, uh, when we when we heard The King for the first time, Michael Sterto had just been in the band a week. Oh. And Derek played the song for him and I in, at a, in a dressing room before we went on stage. We looked at each other. We went, oh, shit. we actually play this, you know, Uh and it was, but, but it's great because it pushes Uh the band to a better level. He's, he's pushing us to the the limit of, of, of what we're, and, and maybe beyond, Mm -hmm. hopefully beyond, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's scary sometimes. And I sit on stage with, I mean, it's funny. The King is the opening song of our show. Which really? Is really? Yes, we go from the walk-on music right to the king, and then the people in the seats are like are stunned. It's like uh-huh. you hit, them, like you hit them with the glove of awareness. <laughs> and then they go, they go. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought I was coming and to I, see the Guess who What's this? Right? I'll be sitting on stage thinking, okay, um, all the years you've been doing this. I never thought I would be on the stage playing a song like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's an ambitious song to play live. I bet. I bet. However, it sounds great and and we're doing at least half of the album on stage.
0: Oh man. I would love to see you know, it's funny, you mentioned I was mentioning Jellyfish earlier. Uh, one of the driving oh, creative forces of Jellyfish.
4: They are so they're so so it. They are you know, such I'm, a great band.
0: So let me oh, tell you, um it was last year i had one of the driving creative forces of jellyfish named roger manning jr yeah. i had him on the podcast and we were talking about this because his music is always so grandiose carnivalesque, kind of like this is whether it's well, jellyfish or licorice it has movements
4: yes it, movements. Move, it doesn't it. move expect it to go yes. it's unexpected where the their music goes in in that way it's kind of like a symphonic piece that's it uh, that has different moods different different Mm -hmm. feelings and that's great writing i mean yeah
0: that's what we were talking about is he we were saying he was telling me how difficult it is to recreate jellyfish albums live because you would need an entire symphony or whatever and they're not big enough to be able to pay for that or demand the audience to do command the audience to come watch that but you you put it in the guess Who's hand, and there's a, you know they've got a big enough history there. We're coming to hear these tracks recreated live is not so difficult.
4: I mean, it's well, difficult to play, but it we, can be done. With all respect, their albums are how many years old? Yeah, thirty. We have the like technology that. now. Yeah, I mean, we, we really do have. Like the Beatles could do Sergeant Pepper if they were all sure. alive would point. be doing Sergeant Pepper. would be blowing people's minds. Yeah. Um, so the technology, it's easy, a little bit easier for us because we're still here, mm-hmm. and we like doing that, and we're trying to do that. So, so uh, why not? Uh, then? Great. Yeah, well, you know, okay. again, again, oh, we're we're playing a lot of PACs, which are performing arts centers, hmm. and a lot of them have screens. Um, yeah. What we're trying to do is get the now on the new cuts wherever we can and it's it's pro sometimes it's cost prohibitive for even for us mm-hmm. is to try and get the 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 video playing while we're actually playing the song mm. Ooh, that'd be fun yeah yeah so that, I could see that, that that's one of the steps we're trying to work on because when you have a time code you you can do pretty well you can yeah you know,
0: okay um okay what I was going to ask you earlier is that you not being a much of a songwriter but you do we try to cover the sensitively the business side of things on here and you do have a co-write credit on american woman
4: a jam on stage I mean was it yeah we didn't sit down and write that song it, it it started one one night when when I started we came on stage we had two sets in a curling club a curling uh, arena in Winnipeg mm-hmm. in uh, Toronto just outside of Toronto and we couldn't find Burton for the second set he was out talking to somebody Mm-hmm. And we said, well, let's go on stage and make some noise and he'll hear it and come running. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I went on stage and start playing a groove and Randy jumped on it. Jim Cale jumped on it and Burton heard it came running on stage, start singing words. Wow. That was a mer- However, wow. I mean, it was in its raw state after yeah. the crowd. Loved it. So we said, oh, we, we have to keep this at the show every <laughs> yes. night. And then it, it grew and grew and grew until we were ready to record it. And yeah. really that's the simplified story. I'm sure Burton, you know, um, messed with the words. Uh, sure. It evolved has, or
0: improved or whatever what's over time.
4: Working on stage and what's not. Yeah. And so that's really the, the, the general form of what happened with that. Okay. So we have writing credits. right?
0: That's great. So my question then going back to the business side is, I mean, that's probably your most, perf- the guess who's most, Popular song. Lenny Kravitz does his version, which is just as huge. I mean, not to sound insensitive, but could you live off just American Woman royalties?
4: Well, writing and publishing royalties—it's really all I have. Yeah. America. So, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been quite good for many, many, many years. Now you can imagine Randy and Burton, who wrote the rest of the mm-hmm. songs along yeah. with Gert- what what they could live off. Yeah,
0: that—that's well, why I was curious about you I mean, in I'm particular.
4: Out, I'm, out, I'm out here working because I still uh-huh. have to work, and and God bless them that they have that. I don't, uh-huh. I don't, I don't deny them that they did the work and they, you know, they wrote the songs. However, I, I, I often think in a band there should be a royalty um, when a song is played for the guys who actually recorded it yeah. as a band. Know, yeah. know, some portion. Yeah. Um, well, isn't that, that what a performance are, royalty those are, those
0: is or no? Pardon? Isn't that what a performance royalty is or am I misunderstanding?
4: Yeah, the, well, the performance royalty goes to the writer. Oh, I thought it went to people who played on it. Oh, mm-hmm. never mind. Okay. No. It, it it goes to the publishing. Okay. So, so um, there may be now, I think they're trying to or have tried to to rectify that, but you know, it, it, we come from the age of bands and, and, and in, in all honesty, when a, when a song was brought by either Randy or Burton, it was a guitar and voice, mm-hmm. right? That, that was it or a piano and voice. Mm-hmm. So where do all the other parts come from? Yeah. See, yep. So that's, that's my kind of lame argument for having some point in, and that's for a group. Yeah. When you have Single artists, they hire a, a, a producer. The, they put the band together. Have charts. You're given what to play. That didn't happen in our era. Mm-hmm. We had to figure out what, how we fit into that song. That's writing in a way. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, American Woman with just voice would not have been a hit. No, no. But Burton doesn't. Burton doesn't play anything in that song. <laughs> no piano, no anything. Just sings. Right. oh that's true yeah so so what he so he if he got the writing credit for american woman it would be because he wrote the words yeah. It, yeah it would be kind of a travesty in a way mm-hmm. um not not i'm not saying that the words are are, are arguably you know the the mm-hmm. first or second to with the music the musical chord changes and everything like that but but in a band situation of that era there was an awful lot of uh give from the rest of the members who weren't writers and, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they're equal to the to the writers but there should have been some and it's too late now because all mm-hmm. of those sales are done and, and yeah. plays you yeah. know they're still continuing now so anything they they rectify now will only be a drop in the bucket
2: mm-hmm. yeah
4: you know? and Speaking i'm not, of, what's that I'm, complaining about that that's mm-hmm. that's the world we lived in and, and the is. way it was I'm, yeah. I'm very happy for whatever uh, remuneration I get for what I've done that's, mm-hmm. and really that's playing live is yeah where, you where can I'm tell in.
0: so yeah. let me ask you this when I go back and I listen to Key off of the Canned Wheat album <laughs> you mean, I mean my, y-
4: my youthful my youthful guy <laughs>
0: yes okay so that I mean that song is a
5: jam night nineteen,
2: and he dazzles in the manner
5: of Judas
2: in his dream, reaching for the piece of silver. Peter hears the call of the mockingbird from heaven, crying in the morning. Heaven it up the key.
5: Mask and walks the road to Jericho Matthew as the headpiece of Chrome Speed and Fire And all of guys through the sea of stolen moments, searching through his mind for a place to put the key. And I still
0: call him my friend. And, and your I well, drum I think is what's driving most of yeah. it.
4: I've heard Burton say that it was a song that was ruined by a drum solo. Oh, come on. That's the best part of that song. Come on now. (laughs) I I think that that both parts are equally good. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know why it became a drum solo. I I, I don't, you know. But see, Um, why don't,
0: I mean, considering half that song is just about, is a great solo by you that you came up with, not them. Why don't you get a writing credit on a song like Key? I don't know.
2: Oh,
4: <laughs> come on, Gary. We got we yeah. got to fix this, man. You know. Hey, oh, it is what it is. I'm just yeah. I I my my feeling about everything is I I've lived a great life, yeah. and I've been so fortunate to be a part of so many great albums and great music. How can I complain about that? You okay. Know? Yeah, it's true. That that's the way I feel.
0: Yeah. Do you? I, I, is there too much bad blood for you to keep in touch with
4: um, the guys? No, but I, it, it, Randy and Burton are not the easiest people to, to be in touch with. And I I was for many years. Of course, I played in Burton's solo career sure. for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I played on a couple of albums, you know. But, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm easy to reach. You you had no trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, okay. So, I have no animosity towards them. I think mm-hmm. we wasted a lot of time uh, not doing what we should have done as a band Yeah, and continue. Mm-hmm. However, on the other side of that sword edge, mm-hmm. I'm so happy we have the band that we have today and sure. it wouldn't have been. Had not. So, you know, it, yeah. it is it is the way it's supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, I wanted to
0: ask you, um, you don't have to speak for him, but I grew up Mormon. And so, Randy, my understanding is that Randy has gone in and out of Mormonism.
4: I don't exactly know. I think he's out. I I mean, during our last reunion, I think he was out of it by then. Again, I think it was really tough in the beginning for him to live in a rock and roll band uh, and be part of sober. Yeah. That whole, yeah what rock entails And you know i was there and i was never wild or crazy but i wasn't a mormon either i've been right. in Cal- life um y- you know it's it's just the way it went mm-hmm. you know and and randy had success with two bands so yeah imag- imagine if the guests who had done all those hits oh man i mean
0: <laughs> even more no kidding i think about that sometimes so he did he can i think he converted to mormonism while he was in the band with you guys right oh yeah
4: he met his wife lorraine in in uh uh regina long before we even had our first these eyes hit record mm-hmm. that hit he he, he 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 met her when we were just you know and married her before we the we hit the the real with the big time with rca Okay. So it oh, quite a ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so you saw because I I think he may have been an alcoholic or be, maybe became it one later. No, you don't have to speak Randy,
4: for him or anything Randy, like that. Just, Randy never, I know Randy real well. We played little league baseball together. We mm-hmm. double dated together. We went to drive ins with our girlfriend. I walked to school with him okay. on the way to school. So we go back a way longer. Randy Backman has never been an abuser of anything but the same thing I've done. Food. <laughs> <laughs> That's my drug of choice too, probably. Yeah. 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 But but yeah, no, he's uh Okay. Him and I our 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 background, family background is very, very similar. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered what
0: kind of part that played because when you're in, in Mormondom, there are there are a few Famous Mormons, and his name comes in and out of that list based on whether he's uh, faithful or well, anything.
4: I look at John. We we pick, we grow as people. We sure time. do. Yeah, and and I hopefully all parts of your life grow. Yeah. Uh, the, the the big trick is to be happy and, and content. That's it. That's it. And whatever for for certain people it it takes a certain kind of thing, and we're all different. Yeah, you know, us are the same, but but you know, not totally. They're not carbon copies. So it's true. You have to do whatever path that God has sent you on. Yeah. Um, and try it's to true. do the best. And, and it's so true. It's so true.
0: I, um, I wanted to ask you about "No Sugar" tonight because that's probably my favorite song of yours, and your drumming <laughs> in that again is otherworldly.
2: It's a night in my tea. no sugar to stand beside me, no sugar to run with
0: It's such a clinic of great drumming in a pop rock song. Do you remember anything about the recording of that?
4: Um, no, it was recorded at uh, RCA Mid-America Recording Studio in Chicago, which was uh, on North Wacker Drive there. And uh, it, it was, Randy had No Sugar Tonight and Burton had New Mother Nature. hmm and they were very similar, so we weren't going to put both of them on the album. Well, if you don't if you're a writer of one and you get cut out, you know what that means. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no revenue. So it, it somehow they managed to take the two songs and marry them. Mm. If you, you listen to the album cuts, it's both of them together, which yeah. is the way, which is the way we perform it on stage. Uh, however, RCA chopped it in half and put just n- n- no sugar out as the as the single. Mm-hmm. And that was the B side of American Woman. I don't think I knew that. Well, wait, I'm going to blow your mind even further okay. Here. okay. American Woman and A and B sides, American Woman and No Sugar Tonight, charted number one at the same time. Both of them, really? them were charted in bill go back and look i will billboard this was all a little before my time i gotta admit yeah. i came around so, later so <laughs> there were only two bands or no there was three bands that had or three entities that uh, had double-sided number one hits elvis the beatles the stones and the guess who crazy. so <laughs> just for that one little thing, we're in rather lofty co- company. Yeah. I, I don't mean to compare our band. to, to well, those, hey. <laughs> but, but it, it kind of, it just, it's the way it happened. Yeah. Now, it was bad for me because as a recording artist, we're selling a single that sells a million records, but we're giving you two. Uh-huh. It's only going to make, if a, if a song was a dollar fifty. For a 45, I was getting cut out of my royalty on the second dollar 50, right? I see that. Oh, over. But it's so killer. Um, Okay, I
0: wanted to ask you we have Patreon supporters, and I let them know who I'm interviewing, and if they want to submit questions, they can. Uh, Philip Hopwood was specifically curious about the 450,000 people at the Molson Canadian Rocks concert in July of 2003. Is that true? I, that has to, thats I think, the biggest crowd in Canadian rock history.
4: Well, I've heard 450, anywhere between 450 and 600,000. So you've had, heard
0: even—it could have been even more. Yeah,
4: they—they they can't, they can't. There's no, there was no way. I don't think, but but it was no. it was incredible. It was at uh, the same place that they had. It's an old aerodrome from uh, World War II. Uh, where they staged before they went to Europe, uh-huh. uh, it was where they had Pope John Paul II. So they had a they had had a big thing there before. They knew how to bring mm-hmm. it. Guys, we came in by train, mm-hmm. and uh, so on. Um, it was incredible, and it, it, it's part of Guess Who history because for for two reasons, it was the last, probably the last show of the original kind of the original band mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. number two my wife and i were in the green room that very day of the show and we sat down to have a cup of coffee or something and this young couple sat beside us they said do you mind if we sit with you and we said oh sure and i knew who the girl was her name was sass jordan oh <laughs> and she had, she was sitting down with derek at our really? table. Now, really? I didn't know that five years later, he'd be in the band. So you can see what I'm saying. And, and I didn't realize till later when he submitted across the line to us,
0: mm-hmm.
4: he reminded me that that's where we met.
0: That's crazy. That, that is crazy. Could, that little could, seed was planted all those years ago. How, who knew? Who knew? Yeah. That's great. Um Okay. One more last question regarding the older band. Are you involved now? My understanding is that Jim Kale owns the the no, trademark no. of the name or whatever.
4: No. 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 Jim Kale and I own okay. the trade. Okay. 50 We own. Yeah. It. Okay. I want in the beginning I didn't own it. I came back to the band and I was playing just like a ro- I got paid the same money. Road guy, mm-hmm. road crew. Mm-hmm. But then wh- after the, the the SARS concert, we put the band back together, and I said to Jim, "I want, I want to have full control of the band, mm-hmm. and I want, I want a fifty percent share, which I bought for one American dollar, because we had to have a, we had to have a transaction. That was money well spent, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, all, it's all in. It's all in my book. huh. Uh, you have a uh, book. I, I'm I'm trying to finish it in between podcasts, video, live album, I'm keeping you from what you should be doing. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> it's okay, it's only part of my life. Uh-huh. But yeah, it'll it'll the whole story of my experience in this band and the years before, because I had a career before the Guess It. Right. Um, so that's all laid out in the book, and I believe okay. the book will called a band of brothers beautiful you you know how brothers are i do they hate each other they compete with each other they have each other's backs they're they're competitive with each other that's That's it the band of brothers
0: i get it uh okay last question before i let you go thank you for talking with me gary i love you a lot Um, what is just one of your favorite memories of all of this? You've been doing this for almost 60 years and you've met just about everybody is what's one of your favorite stories to dine out on.
4: Oh boy. Uh, uh, Again, there's lots of stories in the book, but I don't know. It, It again, for me, the greatest thrill, the greatest thing is every night stepping on stage somewhere. You don't know where, well, you know where, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is a whole new set of people. Some have seen the band and to take them on a journey yeah, and, and make them feel great, mm-hmm. make them feel like when they leave, they've, they've been entertained and have been taken away from the everyday toil of their mm-hmm. lives and, and where they are at. That's the real story of the whole thing. Yeah, I believe it. Me, that's, that's what and, I see. and
0: doing it now. I mean, still getting to do that all these years later to a crowd mm-hmm. that is hungry
4: to see you. Um, okay, let well, me ask you this. Oh, it, go ahead. It's funny, it's actually getting younger because mm-hmm. a, a person who's 50 years old now, you know, is not a young person. <laughs> uh, you weren't born when we had these eyes, no, no. So, isn't that cool? It isn't is. that so? We have. We have a common something common to each other and, and that's that's what when we play a show, a concert with the old songs mm-hmm. and the new songs, the mission of the band is to honor and to to celebrate all the great players and singers and songwriters have passed through the band. Mm-hmm. But now to add to that repertoire of work to, mm-hmm. to, to ha- try to create, New music that can be can be honored along alongside the other stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you're doing it respectfully and honorably. Okay, let me ask one more thing. Did you guys open for Van Halen around the fifty one fifty tour?
4: Yeah, it it wasn't the Guess Who. It was Randy Bachman put together BTO again. Okay, okay. And they opened for Van Halen on the fifty one fifty. So you weren't on that tour? I was. You were. And, Please tell and me I, a Van Halen story. I was before, uh, before uh, when when Randy put the ba- uh, band back together. Robbie and him were not getting. Robbie's okay. now passed. God bless his yeah. soul. Yeah. Um, so Randy asked me to do it, and I was playing with Burton Cummings and his trio at uh-huh. that time. So I left Burton and went to to BTO. So and I'm playing with everybody in their solo careers: Jim Kale, Andy Backlund. I must be really a great drummer, <laughs> nice. or 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 I work cheap. <laughs> it's probably of, a little bit of both. <laughs> one, one of two things, because I love I would play for nothing. Yeah. Really, do you um, have any Van Halen stories?
0: Do you remember? I've read yeah. Sammy's book, and that that was just debauchery.
4: On steroids around that Well, time. yeah, I remember seeing uh, Sammy. Uh, I, I walked in the hotel down the hallway, and he was sitting against the wall with his guitar, cigarette on the headstock, and just playing. And I thought, you know, he doesn't have anything outside of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably a great... I mean, that, that really pulled at my heart when I saw that, you know, and I think he, he, he might've been crying at the time or something, oh, you know? wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't know him. I wanted to go up and grab him and, and say, yay, man. Yeah. This is, I, I've been through music since I was four years old on stage, you know, yeah. I've yeah. seen a lot of stuff I shouldn't have seen as a very, very young boy. Thank God I lived through it and, and I came out, you know, well, it, it's only because the music is what would help yeah. me, and also having other interests outside of music. I played golf. I liked to garden. I, you know, I skied. I played yeah. hockey, baseball. I, you know, I went to school. I was, you know, I I went all the way to university. I was going to become a dentist. Mm-hmm. So, so there's lots. Of, there's there are many things in the world that you can go out and get stoned on. Mm-hmm. Good point. I like that a lot
0: because I'm clean too, and I agree with you
4: on that. Yeah, I'm looking out my window now at the beautiful plants I have in my yard in Florida. That that makes me like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. The feeling is, and there, and that's there's all kinds of things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Music being one of them. Yeah. I've been fortunate to. I love football. I like to watch football. I like Mm -hmm. hockey. I I I like to golf. I can't. Of it anymore, but I still had that in my life all, yeah. all through the time I was in this band. Yeah,
0: it's so, funny when you talk, thinking about Canada, touring Canada, the frozen tundra up there. I'm just imagine, especially starting out, I'm just imagining a bunch of guys like you wrapped in big puffy jackets with fur lined hoods in broken down vans in the middle of January, and it's negative 20 outside. You gotta unload your stuff from the van onto the little
4: club floor or whatever. Brother, yeah, that's just a story like that. And he wanted us to get out of the car that was broken down that we were using and lay on top of the equipment in the back 40 below zero. We, no, 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 no. You take a tow line and you tow the, the car with the truck or the the car with the with the truck. Yes, yes. I mean <laughs> I have a million stories like that. I bet you do.
0: When I think of the Guess Who, or most Canadian bands, but especially rock bands that go back as far as you, I just imagine you guys in big puffy coats. Well, the point bringing is... Bringing your drums
4: in from 20 degrees in January. Yeah, I mean, we used to carry a a a, a Hammond organ. Used, oh, geez, You yeah. We used to have to take it over the snow piles to, to our... Our keyboard player's house. We would all meet at the house after the gig to help yeah. carry. But but I I was mad because nobody helped me take my drums downstairs to my basement at my house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they would help you bring them in and out of the van, but once you get home, you're on your own. Yeah, well, I had to carry
4: them in my own car. Yeah. So, but nobody yeah. me at my house. Enough. We have to keyboard player though. Yeah, no yeah. wonder you live in Florida now, Gary. Yeah, well, <laughs> I moved to Vancouver first. Uh huh. North Carolina for thirty years, and now to Florida. Um, I can't go any further. Yeah.
0: So, no, that's
4: it. That's it. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, thanks for chatting with me, Gary. I mean, I think you're a legend. Obviously, I love the guests who always have, and I'm equally as excited about your new album. It's so much fun.
4: Yeah, it's a great album. And I think if you saw the package, uh, let me see if I can get it here. Um, The vinyl is spectacular.
0: Oh, really?
4: That's the vinyl.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's killer, too. The inside. He's opening
4: it up, folks. Then the piece, the resistance.
0: Oh, wow. It's like red. Oh, the vinyl is gorgeous. Yeah.
4: And Splattered. there's good, I don't know what they call it, but yeah. yeah so it, it's like nothing I've ever been associated with. And it's awesome. And I've been, right. I've been around a long time. So yeah,
0: yeah,
2: it's
4: awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. It meant, means a lot to me. And thank you too for, for being a fan and of course, and for doing the interview and, and, Thank all the people out there that listen, because without them, we wouldn't be talking.
0: I want to help get the word out that this new yeah. album is a lot of fun. So, yeah,
4: I, yeah I'll do I my think, part. Again, it's, plan the More means full of love. Full of love. And the people, yep. Beatles once said it, all you need is love. And we, we listened for a while, <laughs> and then we stopped. And and we need more of that talking to each other, being civil with each other, listening to each other. Yeah. and and loving each other and and it's as corny as you know all you need is love it's the absolute it,
0: truth. So, it is and it seems impossible to obtain this these days
4: but people around, me, people around me is all about the audience yeah yeah we love the people around us yeah i'd i bet
0: okay thank you gary have a good thank one you. all right bye-bye all right there you have it gary peterson such a nice guy right now i want to know anyone who is intrigued please go listen to plendamore because it is it will blow your mind and i want to hear from you whether you think it's a it's an exceptional piece of creative genius or you think it's just too weird because it could go either way i think it's fascinating but i'd love to know what you guys think okay Uh, Anyway, huge thanks to everybody for listening to this. Next week's guest is a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. We're staying in the kind of classic rock mode. He's in the Hall of Fame, and uh, it's an incredible story. The person that this person played with has very much been back in the news lately. Huge thanks, as always, to Jan the Man Makiewicz, my right-hand man. I mentioned last week, guys, he's got a lot going on in his family right now. His mom's in and out of the hospital. Uh, We hope that she gets better. Liz is the best. So he's got a lot going on. Give him some love if you see or talk to him. Um, thanks for everything you do, buddy. You guys can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Send us a message on there. Or you can find us on X or Twitter at The Hustle Pod. More than ever, I'm seriously considering just getting off Twitter entirely. I only really stay on there to connect with you guys. When And most of you are off there now, too. It's not worth it anymore. The anti-Semitism and everything is just horrible. Uh, anyway... I hope you guys had a chance to listen to our recap episode. We've got a bunch of other bonus stuff recorded A Deep dive, a book club, a panel discussion. Another book club is being recorded next week. Anyway, there's a lot going on. So anyway, we love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. This is my favorite th- uh, holiday of the year because it's no gifts, just food and family and football. What more do you need? Love you all.
5: Lost the sun She's come undone Da-da-da-da. found but she was headed